welcome to the Living Parables Podcast, where we grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ through the sanctifying work of God's Holy Word. I am Nate, your host. To all listeners tuning in the show, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I appreciate each and every single one of you, and now let us begin. I'd like to welcome you back to a brand new week, brand new episode. I am so grateful that you're joining me for another part of this Standing Firm series. And just to clarify in one of our last podcast episodes in the description, it said there are three parts to this. Well, there are three main parts. The very first episode we released was about Second Peter chapter 1, talking about those spiritual virtues or spiritual qualities that we reference quite a bit. And so the reason why that was the first video is because I was just really excited to get that out and that I was asked to preach that day. So I posted it and I had been working on the Standing Firm series. And so that is actually the first component. So there's three main major components that make up the Standing Firm series. The spiritual qualities are one. Second, fruits of the Holy Spirit. And third, and one of my absolute favorites, are the armor of God. Now, the the goal is to have guests on for the final two. For the fruits of the Holy Spirit and for the armor of God. But there are some subcategories that are absolutely necessary too. So a couple of weeks ago, we talked about contending for the faith, understanding that we're in a we're in a fight, we're in a spiritual battle. And last week we talked about standing firm in the gospel, standing firm in the faith, and standing firm in the grace of God. And so this week, we are talking about standing firm by being in prayer. And we're going to be primarily focusing on Jesus' teaching about prayer. And if some of you recall, we did an episode way back on what is prayer. So that was the introduction into prayer. This takes like the next step in understanding prayer. And for a few minutes here, I'm going to talk to you about prayer, how it's directed and shaped my life, how that has grown over the years, and maybe some helpful things for you so that your prayer life can maybe go to the next level. Because I know some of us in our prayer lives, they become ritualistic, they become quick and fast, or maybe we just forget altogether. But I want to take you to a couple right off the bat uh, that I want to start with, is that we are to be in prayer nonstop. Now, that doesn't mean that we're using thous and shalls literally every second of the day. 
um, that we would get a lot of people looking at us weird. But 1 Thessalonians 5.17, and we're going to hit this one a few times today, and it's literally three words, pray without ceasing. I mean, or we could just say, never stop praying, pray continually. And then in Ephesians 6.18, which will come back later when we go through the armor of God, but listen to Ephesians 6.18, with all prayer and petition, pray at all times in the Spirit, and with this in view, be on the alert with all perseverance and petition for all the saints. So those are the two primary ones that we're focusing on as far as praying nonstop. Now, your prayers don't have to be uh, a 20-minute you know, speech when you're trying to really just think of something. There have been times in my prayer life where I have literally gone in circles and said the same things over and over and over again, just trying to come up with something. And in reality, that's not how we talk to people. And that's what you need to think of prayer. Prayer is talking to your Heavenly Father. And prayer is an act of faith. So a lot of people, they'll say, well, I don't, I don't have a lot of faith. And one of the things I say to them is, well, are you in God's word? Well, um, kind of. And, you know, they kind of trail off a little bit because they, you know, they feel guilty. And then another question I ask them is, are you in prayer? Well, yeah, yeah, I do pray. Okay. And so what do you pray? And typically, it's a quick, fast, easy prayer that is not even thought of, or it's a repetition, or in some places, they just quote the Lord's Prayer, but there's nothing behind it. It's just like a parrot. And in your prayer, you just need to talk to God. I mean, that, that's that's really what it's all about. I mean, we're going to get into the absolute perfect model of how to pray, but just understand that prayer is just talking to God. And here's the thing. Um, I met my wife through means of uh, internet dating site, okay? It was a Christian internet dating site, and... Uh, the reality is, you know, you get to see a profile and you have information about the other person. It's basically surface level stuff. Now, if I were to get that information and then we were to exchange emails or numbers and I never talked to her, I would just have basic surface level stuff. I cannot grow in a relationship with my, at that time, my future wife, if I never talk to her. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let you in into my heart here a little bit, okay? And it's not easy sometimes because it makes you vulnerable, but hey, that's what we do. So when I met my wife, I talked to her faithfully because I couldn't believe that she would want to talk to someone like me. (laughs) 
But uh, I literally talked to her for two to three hours every single night. And I never got bored of talking to her. Never. It never became, oh, I have to call her. Oh, I have to talk to her. I got to get this in. I got to get this over with. It was such a joy. And uh, at the time, being at my parents' house, I had uh, a basketball court that my dad made. And literally, I'm surprised there's not a track. But I circled. I pace when I talk. Um, (laughs) I think some of you can relate. But I was I would be in sur- I just walk in circles, pacing back and forth for hours and hours and hours. But that's how I got to know her. And that's what you need to do with God. And our prayer life, as we're gonna find out here in the scriptures, is your prayer life is directly correlated to how much time and obedience you put into the Word of God. It, it's directly linked. It's, it's, it's tied together. And I'll just tell you this. My prayer life has become more purposeful, more meaningful, more heartfelt when I pray the Scriptures. And that's, that's, we could literally stop the episode right now and I can just give you this, this tip and we could be done, but pray the scriptures because the Bible tells us the one who trusts in his heart is a fool. And we know that the heart above all things is, is wicked and deceitful and is desperately sick. So we don't we don't want to trust our hearts when we come to prayer. And we don't want to make a big spectacle of prayer uh, turning into something that it's not. Prayer is a personal private matter. It it, be, it can be done with a group of people for sure. But the vast majority of time that you should be in prayer is in solitude, by yourself, talking to your Heavenly Father, not being out in public, not trying to get the fame, and we're going to see all that here in a minute. But prayer needs to be personal. Prayer needs to be purposeful. And prayer needs to be with full sincerity. The Lord knows your heart. Jeremiah 17.10 I, the Lord, search the heart. I test the mind, even to give to each man according to his ways, according to the result of his deeds. The Lord knows what's in your heart. He he knows what's in there. Listen to Hebrews 4.13. And there is no creature hidden from his sight, but all things are open and laid bare to the eyes of him, God, with whom we have to do. He knows what you do in secret. He knows your secret thoughts. He knows what you keep way way deep down that no one else knows. But here's the reality. God is omniscient. He knows all things. So, and it's not just he knows all things. He is 
everywhere at all times. And he has all power. So omniscient, omnipotent, omnipresent. He's everywhere. He knows all things. And he has all power. So when you go to him, we need to go to him in reverence. We're not going to you know, our pal that we can call on the phone and, and chop it up. It, it's, it is done with reverence. And you can talk to God also because, because of Jesus Christ, because of faith in him, we can now have, we have direct access to him, but we are not enemies anymore. We are friends. We are his children. So think of, think of the way you talk to your parents and some of you, this might be a sore subject. Maybe you don't have that kind of relationship with your parents. Maybe it's maybe it's uh, dysfunctional. Maybe it's broken. Maybe it's shattered. And to you, if that's you, I'm praying for you. I- I'm sorry that you have to go through that. But you have to go to God as as your heavenly Father, which we're going to see. And I'm going to give you this last piece here before we get into Matthew 6 about the model of prayer. But I want to read to you 1 John 5.14. And this is so incredibly crucial. So incredibly crucial to your prayer life. Listen to it as we go to 1 John 5.14. This is the confidence which we have before him that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. I'm going to say this right now. Ladies and gentlemen, if you pray and it's according to God's will, he will hear you. Now, a lot of times we ask with wrong motives. A lot of times we we go about things the wrong way. So the reality is that we must always always remember the best that we can that we are to be in prayer according to his will. And if it's not according to his will, now he's he'll hear you, but it may it may it may be a no, people. Okay? If it's not according to his will, according to his purposes, the answer is going to be no. James 5:16 says the effective prayer of a righteous man can accomplish much. Another translation says it's powerful and effective. So that's not diminishing prayer. And we're going to talk about perseverance in that as well. So we shouldn't give up when we pray one time. We think the answer is no. We keep pursuing that until until the very, very end. But people, there, there are times where I've been in, in prayer about things I thought were I was in desperate need of. And, and partially I was right. I was in desperate need of this prayer being answered. But sometimes the answer is not yet. Not yet. Not yet. You're not ready yet. You're not ready yet. You haven't learned you haven't learned the lesson yet. So that's not what we want to hear. 
And a lot of people freak out when they don't get you know, the answer they want from God. Well, I want it right now. And he says, not right now. And that's kind of how, you know, if you're a parent, you know exactly what that is. Your, your kids ask you something and they get upset with you. Well, I want this right now, Dad. No, not right now. Well, why? You don't need to know why. Just trust me. And they get so upset. And then when it's the right time, you give it to them. And then, you know, when they're older, they can actually, they can see it. Oh, now I understand. But that's how we need to be. So we need to become more mature in our faith to understand those things. And even then, it can be hard. So let's get into the, the thick of it. Jude 20 says, But you, beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. That's one of the aspects of building yourselves up in the Holy Faith is praying in the Holy Spirit. We need that direct connection. We need to be praying the Scriptures. We need to be in prayer at all times because we cannot do this alone. We can't lone wolf it. We're not an island. We we need each other most definitely, but we also need that relationship with Jesus Christ and and the the power of the Holy Spirit to enable us to live the life that we can't live on our own. Now, finally, with all that being said, getting into Matthew 6, 5 through 15. This is the heart of everything that we're going to be doing today. This is the core. Uh, another cross-reference here would be Luke 11, 1 through 4. So we're actually going to start with Luke 11, 1. Because this part is not in Matthew 6 when it comes to teaching us how to pray. But one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray. Right now, I would encourage you to pause this episode and pray that with sincerity. Lord, teach me how to pray. Teach me how to pray, Lord the way that glorifies and honors you. And I'm just going to say this right now. Do not let your prayers become repetitious, without thought, without meaning. And you're going to see that here, why, in a little bit. So Matthew chapter 6, verses 5 through 15. We're going to take this verse by verse here. And we're going to start with three powerful words. In verse 5, when you pray, people, not if you pray, when you pray, you are not to be like the hypocrites. For they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and on the street corners so that they may be seen by men. Truly, I say to you, they have their reward in full. I'm going to pause you right there. This is why you don't do acts of righteousness in front of people so that you may gain some notoriety, popularity. Oh, man, look how holy he or she is. Wow. They must really be close with God. 
and inwardly you're smiling because you're getting that recognition, that's your that's your only reward. God's not gonna not gonna reward that. So what what must we do? Listen to verse six. But you, the true believer, when you pray, oh, there's it. That's twice now. When you pray, not if you pray, go into your inner room, close your door, and pray to your father who is in secret. And your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. It's powerful stuff. It's powerful stuff. It's not for the whole world to see. It's intimacy. When I was talking to my wife on the phone, well, she wasn't my wife then, but when I was talking to her, it wasn't in front of everybody. It was in private. Now, obviously two different relationships, but I think you see my point. My family didn't need to hear all these things. In your relationship with Christ, we are told in Philippians to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. And this is how it's done. It's done on your knees, in your room in private, praying to your Heavenly Father with full sincerity and the Scriptures. In verse 7, And when you are praying, there it is again, when you pray, when you pray, when you're praying, there it is again, not if you're praying, when, do not use meaningless repetition, as the Gentiles do, for they suppose that they will be heard with their many words. So don't be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. Ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters, let me say this to you right now. Don't use meaningless repetition. Prayers aren't recited thoughtlessly as, hey, this is the formula, now I have to just keep repeating it as a parrot. Okay? This isn't talking about, however, this isn't discouraging you from being persistent in your prayer. Asking God the same thing over and over and over again. It's like the the story of the lady who went to the judge every single day. And finally, the judge gave in. So, we are told to persist in prayer, and we may be told no a thousand times. I'll tell you what, my kids know how sometimes how to get us to say okay. You know, if they want ice cream or something, you know, or they want want a toy in the store, Dad, can I have it? Dad, can we go? Dad, can we go? Dad, can we go? Dad, can we go? No, no, no. You see what I'm saying? Dad, can we, can we please, can we please, can we please? Then they give you the big old, you know, Puss in Boots eyes, if you've ever seen that movie, you know, like the, oh, oh, poor pitiful me, you know, please change your mind. Like, oh, okay, fine. Okay. Sometimes the persistence needs to be there with reverence. But don't, that does, this is, this verse is not discouraging you from being persistent, but it's, it's talking about don't mindlessly, thoughtlessly, Pray as in you found some secret formula to keep a repetitious, like a parrot, squawking about stuff and using many, many words. And please don't use thou and shalls when you pray. Okay? We're not we're not in the old centuries. Okay. We're not we're not in ancient times anymore. I think God knows 
Uh, I think he's up to date on the lingo. Now, you got to be careful with how you speak to him. Because we're going to find out here in just a minute when Jesus says, when you pray, this is what this is how it should be. And he gives us the Lord's Prayer. We're going to see why. But verse 8 gives us a very, very stern warning. This is Jesus talking. Don't be like them. Don't use meaningless repetition and don't use many, many words. Some of the best prayers are prayers done by children. And some of them actually have brought tears to my eyes when my kids have prayed. They don't, they don't need to use the big words. They don't need to like, sit there for like 10, 20 seconds trying to think of something to say that's going to sound good to people. They just say what's on their heart, what God's putting on their heart to say. But you know what's amazing is we have the Holy Spirit that he, he, tr- he intercedes for us and, and he, it's like he translates our prayers that make it what we're actually trying to say. And if you've ever been in that situation in prayer, you know exactly what I'm talking about. You know exactly what I'm talking about. But the Spirit intercedes for our behalf to to make our prayers more acceptable to God. It's powerful stuff. Now here's verse 9. This is where where we're at. This is the the big part of this whole entire episode here about prayer. Jesus says, pray then in this way. Now, we know the Lord's Prayer. This is a model on how to pray, not what exactly to pray. I'm going to say that one more time. This is a model on how to pray, not exactly what to pray. Okay? Big difference. Our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Our Father, God, is in heaven. That's where he that's where he is. And this is who we are addressing our prayers to. God in heaven. That's who we're talking to. And also know who you're talking to. You know, sometimes when we were kids, I can speak for myself when I would just get a little little too comfy around my dad. And it'd just be a little reminder. Don't forget who you're talking to, son. I'm your father, and that's your mother. Okay, so we got to be careful. Why? Because here's the next part. Hallowed be your name. We are addressing our, our Heavenly Father, but His name is holy. We don't see, we don't understand that. And we're, I don't think we're going to truly understand that until we get to heaven. But His name is holy. He is to be worshiped, He is to be praised for who He is, not what He does for us. We praise Him. For answered prayer, yes, but we also pray and praise him even when the answer is no. We still praise him. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Our prayers and our prayer life and who we are as believers willingly submit to God's purposes, plans, and his glory. Now, Jesus modeled this perfectly. He he modeled this perfectly. And when did he do that? Well, 
He modeled it when he was in the garden. So Matthew 26, 39 says, And he went a little beyond them and fell on his face and prayed, saying, My father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me, yet not as I will, but as you will. Jesus knew what was coming. The cross was set before him just a few just a few hours from this point. He was going to bear the sins of the whole entire world, but beyond that, he would have to take upon sin upon himself. He was going to be treated as if he was a sinner. He didn't be he didn't become sin. Understand that. He didn't become sin. He was treated as a sinner would. He was going to experience the complete, full wrath of God, not just physically, but spiritually. That was not a thought he wanted to have. And because he became fully God and fully man, he had our emotions. He can sympathize. You ever been stressed out? You ever been worried about something? Well, Jesus wasn't worried here. He was stressed out. He was stressed to the point where he was sweating drops of blood. And that is a real medical condition. And let me tell you something. Let me tell you something, people. That's stress beyond stress. So don't act like Jesus doesn't know what stress is all about. But what did he say? Not as I will, but as you will. And I like what, I really like what it says in Luke. I really do. And I'm going to take you there. Luke 22. And it's in the 42nd verse, which is pretty, it's, you know, some of these chapters are very long. But listen to Luke twenty-two forty-two. It's the same thing here, but it's in a different book. Father, if you are willing, remove this cup from me, yet not my will, but yours be done. That's how we need to pray. That's how we need to pray. And remember what we just talked about going Matthew 26, 39. It says he went a little beyond them. See, Jesus modeled two big things. He modeled praying in solitude, and he also modeled praying that God's will be done rather than his. And what about the the solitude? Well, I'm going to take you to a few verses real quick so we can uh, finish the rest of this here. But listen to Luke 5.16. But Jesus himself would often, not occasionally, not once a month, often slip away to the wilderness and pray. Next chapter, Luke 6.12, it was at this time that he went off to the mountain and pray. And he spent the whole night in prayer to God. Have you ever spent a whole night in prayer to God? Mark 6.46, after bidding them farewell, he left for the mountain to pray. So two big things Jesus modeled. So he taught it and modeled it. He taught when you go and pray. And we we just read this. So if you back up 
to verse 6. Go to your inner room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is in secret. Jesus modeled that. We just read those three verses. He would go off by himself to the mountain, and he would pray by himself. So he taught it, he modeled it. And then now here in verse 10, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. There it is. He's teaching it. He modeled it in the garden. Okay? Now listen to verse 11. Give us this day our daily bread. We are encouraged to ask God for the things that we need. God, God knows what you need. Okay? He knows exactly what you need. And that, that it's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing to know that you can go to God because people on this earth can't give you what he can give you. And sometimes when we're going through very stressful situations, we pray. We pray the scriptures, God, give me the peace that goes beyond all understanding because I need it now. And he does. And listen to Philippians 4.19. And my God will supply all your needs according to the, his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. He's going to supply all your needs. He's going to supply all your needs. Listen to verse 12. Now, this is a huge part of the Lord's Prayer. And forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. We must confess our sins to him, turn from them, and then with that, forgive others who have sinned against us. That's why why verses 14 and 15 are at, right after this. It's so powerful. So make sure at, at nighttime when you're about ready to go to bed, make sure you're in prayer. Pray. Because sometimes we have sins that we have not confessed to and asked for forgiveness over. So just make it a priority to confess the sins that maybe have been left unconfessed. I mean, the reality is you should be confessing your sins right away and asking for forgiveness in Jesus' name, for sure. But sometimes we forget and don't just say stuff like this. Lord, if I have sinned today, please forgive me in Jesus' name, amen. I mean, that's see, that's that's mindlessness. Jesus had to die for the sins that you commit. So let's not make light of those. Let's let's take those in consideration. Let's dwell on those. Let's meditate on on what it costs Christ and that and it should break your heart. And that's that's the time we need to confess those sins. Don't let sin become something that's I don't know, ho-hum, something that's like, oh, by the way, God, please forgive me my sins. I mean, that's, it, it. your sins cost Christ his life. My sins cost Christ his life. So we can't make light of those, okay? So we ask God to forgive us of our sins. We confess those sins to him. We turn from them and we forgive others who have sinned against us. And make sure you, make sure you tell those people that. I mean, sometimes in those situations, you know, you're, you're not going to, in a heated argument or someone sinning against you, you're not going to say, you know what, I forgive you uh, of your sins you committed against me. That's probably not the right thing to say. It might escalate it. But in private with Jesus, 
with God, and you're praying, just say, look, Lord, I pray, I pray for that person. I forgive that person. And please have mercy on that person. Let them see you. Let them get to know you in a real way so that they may turn from those sins, repent, and come to you for eternal life. That's what we need to pray. And this last part here in verse 13, and do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Now understand this. James 1.13 clearly says that God doesn't tempt anyone. Okay? But he does subject us to trials which temptation may come. I want you to think of Job. Job is a perfect example. But Job did not give in. That's how we need to be. And this petition, do not lead us in temptation, should show, and, and not just that, but deliver us from evil. This is the perfect model on what we need to follow because it shows the desire to avoid the dangers of sin as a whole. And here's the beautiful thing. What a God we serve. God promises that no one will be tested or tempted beyond what we can endure. And and when we do, and when we become tempted, we have a way of escape. God provides a way of escape for us. 1 Corinthians 10, 13. That's powerful. But this verse, verse 13 here is a request for God's protection and strength from the attacks of the evil one. They're because they're constant, everybody. They're constant. So verses 14 and 15 talk about forgiving other people, which that is, is a very, very powerful thing we need to do. So as we start to wrap up, here's what we're going to be talking about here. We're going to hit you with a couple of verses, and then we're going to close. And we're going to close. Colossians 4, 2 through 3. Devote yourselves to prayer, keeping alert in it with an attitude of thanksgiving. Praying at the same time for us as well that God will open up to us the door for the word so that we may speak forth the mystery of Christ, which I have also been imprisoned. Ladies and gentlemen, it doesn't get any more powerful than that. You need to devote yourself to prayer. And in, in that prayer, because a lot of times we pray when things are terrible and wrong, guess what we need to do? We need to have an attitude, keep an alert, that you need to be mindful of it. You have to pray with an attitude of thanksgiving. Because we know that the trials that we're going through are, are bringing us closer with God and are sanctifying us even more. So we should rejoice. Okay? 1 Timothy 1.8 Therefore I want the men in every place to pray, lifting up holy hands without wrath and dissension. That's a command. Philippians 4, 6, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Ladies and gentlemen, the God of all things is telling us right here, be anxious for nothing. So what's the solution? How do I overcome that? A huge aspect of that, do you want to overcome anxiety or anxious thoughts? By prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. Give it to God. Give it to Him. Don't hold back part of it. Give everything to Him. And He will give you the peace that goes beyond all understanding. Romans 12, 12-13 says, Rejoicing in hope, 
persevering in tribulation, devoted to prayer. There's devoted prayer again, contributing to the needs of the saints, practicing hospitality. I mean, that's powerful stuff. And here, and here's one of the most beautiful things about the Holy Spirit. I talked, I, I mentioned this earlier, so it's a little precursor. Here is the verse. Romans 8, 26 through 27 says, In the same way, the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, also helps our weakness. For we do not know how to pray as we should. Gosh, praise God for the Holy Spirit that he gives us. Who is God, by the way? Let's not forget that. The Holy Spirit's not it. Okay? This is an actual person here. I mean, obviously not a physical person. You know what I mean? He's not an it. He is God. And he is here. For we do not know how to pray as we should, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. We don't understand it. And he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is because he intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. It's powerful. It's powerful. And I'm going to leave you with this last verse. I'm going to leave you with this last one. You know what? Let's give you a bonus one. I'll give you two. these last two. Matthew 24, 41. Keep watching and praying that you may not enter into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Build yourself up in your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. That's so powerful. That flesh is weak. We have to master it. We have to make it our slave. It's so powerful. It's it's a powerful force. But greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. Amen to that. And lastly, Luke 21, 34 through 36. Listen to this and focus. Be on guard so that your hearts will not be weighed down with dissipation and drunkenness and the worries of life. And that day will not come on you suddenly like a trap. For it will come upon all those who dwell on the face of all the earth. This is for us. But keep on the alert at all times. Not part-time. Not once a week on Sunday. At all times. Praying that you may have strength to escape all these things that are about to take place and to stand before the Son of Man. Ladies and gentlemen, be on your guard so your hearts may not be weighed down with dissipation, drunkenness, and the worries of life. How many people are in that category? We need to be on the alert at all times. How do we do that? Praying that you may have strength to escape all these things that are about to take place. Prayer is vital. Pray at all times, people. Pray in the Holy Spirit. Pray to the Father. And you can't do that without being in the Word. It says, let the words of Christ richly dwell within you. So being in the Word of God, being constantly in prayer, go hand in hand. And that is when they... Fold your hands. So, why don't you take one hand, the other hand, separate it. One hand, 
is being immersed in the Word of God daily. On the other hand, is praying constantly, put them together, folded hands. That's prayer. So let's end it with prayer. God in heaven, we thank you for today. Thank you for all the brothers and sisters that are listening. Pray that they would be edifying and sanctified deeper and deeper as we go in our relationship with you. Help us become prayer warriors to pray the scriptures, to pray, Lord, the way you modeled it, to pray that would glorify you, edify others, and draw us closer to you. Thank you, God, for your Son. Thank you for the salvation we have in Christ Jesus, our Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. So with that being said, I pray that the Lord blesses and keeps you and gives you peace. And remember, my dear brothers and sisters, that everything is in Christ, with Christ, and for Christ. Until next time, God bless you all.